Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Hello, and welcome to Mark My Words. This is Mark Homer. A question that I get frequently in our community is why shouldn't I buy properties in lots of different areas? Uh, Maybe I get a question from someone who lives in London. Um, They've got properties uh, perhaps in London already, but they're very low yielding, um, i.e. the the, the rent as a proportion of the value isn't particularly high. So they're, they're looking to invest elsewhere to get higher returns. Often people go to the Midlands, but typically uh, they view the north of England as offering a higher rental yield. Um, They feel like if they're moving out of London or moving out of their area, they can sort of go anywhere. So they they may as well go further north. That's that's often the way. So they say to me, well, why don't I um, just buy wherever the highest return is? And often people say to me, Shall I just buy them sort of all over the place? So I'll have two in Newcastle. Uh, maybe I'll have two in Manchester. Uh, I'll buy a, a few flats in Liverpool. Uh, oh, and uh, have you got any single lets in Peterborough? Uh, and we call that the scattergun approach. So I'll just talk you through why I think that's a bad idea um, and why chasing the highest return on the face of it isn't necessarily a good strategy. Generally speaking, with any business, you tend to make the most money over time when your knowledge base increases. I know with property investment and property development, I've made more and more money. It's no coincidence I've made more and more money the longer I have been in a certain area. Uh, And just through osmosis, I've picked up more and more through other people um, in an area Maybe I learn from surveyors, maybe I learn from letting agents, maybe I learn, in fact, a lot of what I learn would be from other investors or developers in an area doing the same thing. Generally speaking, if you're based miles and miles away from where you're investing, there tends to be much less of that osmosis effect taking place just because you're not touching the other people who are involved in that, uh, in that zone or in that sector. Um, you're not there touching the properties. You're not sort of walking down a street, listening to conversations, looking at the type of traffic moving around, noticing adverts, all of those things that go in subconsciously and may not on the face of it seem that important. Actually, they they really are and they sink in and they just give you a, a feel about an area uh, and they give you pointers as to where and how you should be investing. Now, for many people who decide to go out of their area, let's say to the north of England, they would often invest in a certain area and group multiple properties around an area. So if you're going out of your area and you're going to travel and you're going to go, say, two or three hours or or maybe four hours up the road, it is usually better to try and group them together because you're going to be able to deal with a lot more issues all in one place Um, rather than having to drive all over the country, spend a lot of time on the road and and spend a lot of time trying to deal with all the different issues um, with all that travel time in between. And clearly, each time you go to a new area, 
you're learning all of those rules all over again that I was talking earlier on about. So people often say to me, well, surely local letting agents can be a great source of information. If I just go and find a new town and I go and get hold of a letting agent, um, then surely they're going to tell me where to invest and, and how to invest and, and what to invest in. Uh, they know the area. There's no need for me to go and do it. Uh, and there is some truth in that. But the, the first issue is that you won't know which letting agents are good uh, if you keep flitting it between different areas. Generally speaking, when you go into an area, I find that you end up probably going through two or three letting agents before you find a really, really good one. Um, often they'll be focused on what lets the quickest uh, and causes them the least amount of hassle. Um, they're not necessarily focused on what creates the highest return in terms of yield for you. Uh, a lot of them don't even know what yield means, I find. But, you know, the ones who are more experienced and have been in, in the business longer and are more investor focused may send you down streets that work uh, and properties that can be bought for you know, the right price and, and, and won't cause too many management issues. Um, but my experience is you're going to have to kiss a few frogs first, certainly, certainly in the early days, until you find the, the guys on the ground who are really going to give you the right information. Generally speaking, if I'm in an area, I've been investing there for a while. If I go and talk to local agents or go and talk to surveyors, I can usually tell within two or three minutes that whether they know what they're talking about locally and whether there's someone I know I need to deal with. If I'm going into a new area, I've just got to completely trust what they say uh, without any filter because often I just don't know what the local rules are. So very important to, to build up a local knowledge yourself. It's a little bit like having a, an office full of staff. Um, if you don't have technical knowledge of how the business runs uh, and what's actually happening under the surface, you'll find over a period of time, people will just start telling you what you want to hear. Um, even your best staff will sort of filter things uh, and, uh, and, and, and tell, you, um, tell you the business is, is running in sort of X way or X, Y and Z is happening um, in, in, in the area that they're dealing with to benefit themselves uh, whereas if you, um, you know, if you understand how the business really ticks and how, you know, it operates, you can see very, very quickly, uh, what the issues are in an area. You can sort of filter out who's giving you the right information, who doesn't really know what they're talking about, who's inexperienced, um, and, uh, and get to the, uh, the sort of heart of the issue much, much more quickly. Whilst the whole lettings industry has improved a lot, especially over the last few years, uh, I'd say especially in the last five years due to sort of increased regulation and the fact that they have to sign up to the, the you know, a redress scheme and, you know, protect deposits and all this sort of stuff. Um, there are still quite a few agencies out there who are not as good as they should be. Um, and, um, you know, who, who are, a lot of them are, are sort of taking tenants in who aren't properly referenced. Um, they're not um, necessarily making sure the maintenance is, is kept up with and um, have a, a bad reputation with the local council, uh, which can cause um, sort of legal and regulatory issues down the road. Um, again, they'll all tell you they're great. <laughs> so, um, you know, there isn't a sort of, I don't know, trust a trader scheme that I've seen for letting agencies or a witch report uh, because they're all local businesses. Even if you choose one of the, the big franchises, um, I've noticed that many of the local franchisees are quite running a, a business which is quite different 
from uh, another business running under the same brand, but with a different franchisee that, that would be down the road. There's, they're quite inconsistent, um, you know, even these sort of national franchises. So, um, you know, I, um, I, I wouldn't necessarily be drawn in by the brand. Equally, there are, you know, corporates, you know, uh, say Countrywide or Heart, you know, some, some of those may be more consistent, um, but you should be quite careful at looking at the fees that those guys charge. And, and certainly the, the sort of management and the maintenance and the, and the personal service. I know in our area, uh, investors I talk to generally prefer to go with a, a sort of owner manager, even if it's within a, a franchise, because they, they find they get better service. Um, but, but, you know, it just depends on the, the, the town and, and what the local manager is like as to whether you're going to have um, good experience, you know, putting your properties with these companies. So I think to summarise, you're going to have to kiss a few frogs Eventually, you'll find a good one um, and you end up putting more and more properties through them. And that really drives your strategy. And um, when you find a good one, good letting agent, you know, and you, you're in a certain area, you find something's working, properties are renting quick. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. You're getting a really good yield. You're not getting too many management and maintenance issues. You keep doing the same thing over and over. And it's really that and the sort of mortgaging and finance rules that drives what you you end up buying, certainly if you want to leverage, borrow money against your properties and, and invest more and more. So your work in finding the good ones will be multiplied if you invest in, or you know, if you invest all over the place. You're going to have to go through, you know, two or three letting agencies and all of the other professionals, which I'll come on to in a minute. If you invest all over the place, you're going to have to go through that process each time you go into a new town um, and uh, it can really sort of hamper your your returns over the, the medium to long term. The other people that you may deal with when you're investing in new areas are refurb or, you know, uh, refurb teams or builders. Um, you know, finding those guys, finding the good ones and, and sort of controlling them, making sure you get what was promised and, you, you know, you don't end up overpaying. And that can be a challenge. And people... Uh, or companies uh, which are, you know, doing doing refurbs on your properties or, or maybe doing development projects. I found in that industry more than any others, the, the results can be variable. You, you, you may end up, you know, initially, you may start initially with a, a great refurb team and you may find that they're doing really, really good work. Uh, but over a period of time, you know, as they get, you know, busier or they've got less staff you know, they put their prices up because they're busier or materials go up. 
it can be very, very inconsistent and the, the results can really change over time. If you're trying to do that in four, five, six different areas, you'll find it very difficult to manage all of those different relationships. Whereas if you're in one area and you're sort of driving past your property automatically on the way to work in the morning uh, and you see the refurb team's not there or, you know, you get a bit of a, a concern one afternoon and you, you can just sort of pop out on the way to the shops, into the property to see if they're there. You know, that that sort of um, information transfers to you through osmosis. You talk to somebody in town, you talk to another letting agency, you talk to another estate agent um, you know, about your refurb team or your, your builder, or, or maybe you need to find a new one. Um, you know, it's going to be much, much easier if A, you're based there and B, you're, you're pooling your properties in one area um, rather than sort of scattergunning all over the place. It's the same thing with surveyors. Um, if you're concentrating on a, an area or a town, you know, there'll be great surveyors in that town. Um, but there are some which are particularly difficult. And if you're borrowing money uh, from a bank to invest in properties, you know, you, you really don't want Mr. Grumpy who spilled his cornflakes down in that morning valuing your property for mortgage purposes. Over a period of time, you'll learn which surveyors go out for which lenders in that area. Yeah, you, you, you know sort of colleagues will go out for, say, Halifax or maybe Birmingham Midshires and Countrywide might go out for TMB or Nationwide. But what varies is the individual surveyor within that firm in that area and what he or she is like. If you're doing the same thing over and over again in a certain area, you're certainly you're soon going to work out who's OK and who isn't. Um, equally, if you're trying to buy properties and you're trying to get properties valued lower to sort of show the vendor that their property isn't worth maybe as much as they think, um, you might want to send Mr. Grumpy out uh, to produce a valuation report, uh, which might be lower than his peers. You get to learn who they are if you're sticking around a certain area uh, and you're investing over and over, doing the same thing over and over again. I really believe in sort of creating a, a business which which builds widgets. Um, you know, if you if you do the same thing over and over again, you create something which is closer to perfection. You generally deal with the the same people over and over again, and you iron out all of the issues. If you're trying to build 10 different widgets in, in 10 different areas of the country, you add many, many layers of complication and complexity. And that's fine if you want to build a big business and you've got teams in all those areas and you want all the sort of management headache of that. But I guess that lots of people don't and they want the fastest route to success. Um, and, and, and for me, that wouldn't be sort of scattergunning and investing all over the place. Estate agents are a, another very, very, you know, important key relationship and commercial agents as well, if you're buying commercial properties or, or letting commercial agents, um, they bring you the deal first. Um, you know, they will find you, um, you know, deals if you've got a really strong relationship with them. Um, those relationships are built over time through trust, through you completing on deals, through you getting a reputation in the local area. They all talk to each other. They go into the pub on a Friday afternoon. If you're new to an area, you're going to be at the back of the queue. You've got to buy some properties there. You've got to build those relationships first. And then if you're going to another area to buy some more, you've got to do it all over again. So it's a lot of work and a lot of time when you're not getting the best deals. If you're in the area and you're sort of taking them out for a drink and you're seeing them down the street and you're sitting in front of them, you're going to be at the front of their mind and they're going to bring you those deals first. Very, very important. 
those guys are the key to you finding good deals and and getting certainly with the commercial ones finding good tenants because that can be um, a big part of the game you get a great tenant with a good lease uh, your property's worth a, a lot more money if you're in a local area and you're investing over and over again you'll also know what is happening in that local area in terms of regeneration what's happening to local businesses you may find out that a, a sort of local business is opening um, and they're going to need a new a new sort of office or operations center maybe they're employing three four five hundred staff uh, an area peter at the moment um, is undergoing regeneration and they're, they're going to employ about four or five hundred staff in there there's also going to be a new hospital or ha- or is a new hospital in peterborough that created uh, a much higher demand for properties all the, the sort of doctors and nurses needed rooms or, or properties to live in uh, in that area of town that pushed rents up that created a lot of demand you you get all that information by sort of talking to people being in the area seeing the local paper over a period of time you realize through osm- osmosis uh, that demand is going to increase and you probably get that information earlier than other people that are outside of the area who are sort of relying on agents telling them what they want to tell them uh, or reading media reports which may be written by people who don't have a lot of investment experience and certainly in the area or on the type of properties that you're talking about investing in. A new train line is coming or maybe they're they're putting new trains on the line like they are in Peterborough at the moment. Uh, They're going to reduce the journey time to London by... Uh, from 45 minutes to 37, which is significant. Um, I remember when they electrified the line in Peterborough, which reduced journey times to London, house prices jumped 15%. Um, So knowledge like that and understanding um, the likelihood of these things actually coming to fruition um, rather rather than them just being used as a marketing hook um, you know, understanding how likely it is for, for these things to actually happen is very, very important. Has the money been allocated? Have the contracts been signed? And that comes through local knowledge and, and talking to people who are on the ground. Certainly in areas of the Midlands and in the north, um, you'd have sort of streets and areas to stay away from. Maybe there are, are problems with, you know, mine shafts. Yes, that may come up on the searches. But it's going to save you a lot of money and a lot of time if you understand where those streets are. You know, the, the particularly bad streets are with the bad families. Uh, there are a couple in Peterborough with particularly bad families. You know, you buy a house down there, the whole thing gets stripped very quickly. And there's a, a big headache on your hands. Um, it's great to understand where those are um, just to avoid them, um, just to save yourself a lot of time and uh, a lot of money. What I'm talking about here is the macro picture or the macroeconomic picture, um, which lots of local participants wouldn't necessarily understand. They sort of get caught up in doing the doing. Maybe they're inexperienced or, or don't necessarily um, have the same interest in, in understanding what the, the long term economic backdrop is for an area. But it's very important for you as an investor um, I bought in Bulgaria many years ago. Um, I didn't understand the local economic backdrop. I sort of read newspaper reports, looked at a lot of in- investment reports, spoke to a lot of agents. But the reality was that, you know, it's a declining population. Most of the properties that had been bought in the town were by foreigners like myself who had, had just sort of piled in 
on little knowledge and uh, we'd, we'd gone and bought flats. What I didn't realise was there were far too many flats for the number of holidaymakers going there. So the properties wouldn't rent or the rents were very low. Um, there was very little chance of capital growth. In fact, the properties went down a lot. Um, I ended up buying mine for €64,000. So I, I sold it uh, for about half what I paid for it six or seven years later. Um, I've had a look on the internet this morning and um, I actually sold that property uh, in 2011 um, and it's the, the the flats are still being advertised for the same amount of money that they were in 2011 uh, and the rents have gone nowhere. Um, clearly there's a challenging legal system there. I had to go and see a notary public 12 times over the sort of six year period that I, I had the property. This is all the sort of stuff that you, you don't realise uh, when you're investing in different areas. Clearly that was a, an overseas property, which adds a whole nother dimension um, of complexity. You know, you've got to learn the legal system. You've got to learn all the um, new rules around the finance and mortgages and, and trying to do that across multiple jurisdictions is going to take you loads of time, cost you loads of money and reduce your overall return. So something that I just would not recommend doing. Clearly, there are lots of Bulgarians in Bulgaria making lots of money. Uh, they, they knew this all along. They saw these sort of English people coming over, you know, crossing their border and, and buying all these apartments. Uh, and, and most of them weren't that bothered because uh, they could see how we were all overpaying and buying in areas that we really shouldn't. The reverse happens now. You'll see the, there's um, scandal going on uh, with a lot of Chinese that have bought um, in the north of England, Manchester, lots around the Battersea Power Station, um, you know, Middle Eastern investors as well, Malaysians. They've paid way too much. Maybe they paid 30, 40% more. Um, the developers gone bust. A lot of them have paid stage payments, uh, have paid a good chunk of the, the property value, maybe 70% before the thing's even been built. They've lost all the money. Uh, the rents don't work or add up and lots of them have bought sort of student rooms uh, which have little or no resale value. So, you know, the, 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 there are a lot of examples of this up and down England uh, and the United Kingdom. Uh, locals, English people wouldn't get involved because they sort of know through osmosis straight away that the thing was priced too high or wouldn't work or you know, didn't smell right, just didn't sniff, you know, didn't pass the sniff test. Uh, but, you know, for a foreigner, they, they wouldn't necessarily pick that up just the same as you wouldn't necessarily pick that up overseas. And, and you know, certainly going to the north of England, you would have a lot less knowledge. Everything looks cheap. You know, you see a house for sort of 60,000, 70,000, it looks cheap. Um, you may end up buying it. Um, lots were purchased around sort of County Durham, um, you know, maybe Ferry Hill, uh, Chilton, those kind of areas, people may sort of pay 60, 70,000 cash for a property. The reality was that the thing was worth 30 grand all along, um, but it looked cheap to somebody from London. Maybe the rent was 350. The yield looked very, very high. Um, but again, the reality was that um, they're LHA tenants only, very low demand, and the people that go in don't pay or often don't pay anyway. Uh, and the propensity to smash the property up and nick all the copper pipes is very high there. So these are all the things you don't get told about and don't necessarily factor in unless you are dealing with somebody who really understands the area. If you're a property developer and you're doing bigger schemes, maybe you're buying land and developing, or maybe you're converting properties, 
you may also find that local relationships are weaker if you're traveling around the country. In fact, that will definitely be the case. Um, I like using local professionals. So, you know, a local planning consultant to me is very important because he knows the political backdrop. He knows all the, the officers. He knows who the answer to. He knows what they like and what they don't like. He knows what the local policies are. He knows if there's an issue, the ways round um, what they'll do in terms of the conditions that they might attach to planning consent or, you know, the professionals that they like to see for a noise report or an environmental report or, you know, if you can get a highway specialist in to, to counter the arguments of the, the, the local highways department in the local council. Um, all of that stuff is really, really important. If you're trying to do that all over the country, yeah, you, you can find local professionals and you may get to them through local agents. Um, but generally speaking, if you're trying to use national sort of professionals who are based miles away, yes, they may sort of argue that the rules are all the same, but there are lo- many, many local idiosyncrasies with local councils, you know, local rules, local policies, um, which vary a lot. And, you know, across the country, and I, I do see national developers coming into, you know, our area here and, and, and lots of them do okay, but they do a lot better in their own areas. The reason they're not investing in their own areas is perhaps because um, they've bought all the land or they're doing all the things that they think they can. But what you do notice is generally um, with the big national house builders, you know, you, you might be thinking about Barrett or, or you know, Morris Holmes or, or one of the others. They, they carve themselves up into regions um, and those regional offices will generally have a local understanding uh, of what's going on and, and, and sort of they operate independently to some extent, although they're, they're financed from a national uh, perspective, um, they, would, uh, they would sort of tend to try and operate on a local basis to remove a lot of those issues and, and challenges. You may end up getting personal political relationships as well, which are important. Um, you, you, you may end up sort of knowing local councillors um, or, or maybe the leader of the council. Um, all of those can, people can be quite important to get to know uh, because over a period of time, they're the ones who are going to be making the political decisions. They're going to be sitting on committees. They're going to be influencing other members. Um, they may be talking to officers or planning officers or maybe the, the other consultees in the local council. Um, so these are all important people to get to know, um, especially if you're developing and you're needing to get planning consent. Um, you know, over a period of time, they'll, they'll probably have quite conversations with you about the types of buildings and the type of development that they want to see. If you sort of go along with what they say and develop what they want and do what they say and use the architects that they like, generally speaking, you're going to get a much easier ride and you're going to find that your doors are going to open in your local town if you can manage those sorts of relationships. Maybe there's a university coming in your local town, as there is in Peterborough. Uh, you get that local knowledge. You, you know the, the sort of people in the university. You know the the, the property officers and all of the um, all of the people who are, are making those decisions to create the new campus and create the accommodation. You're probably going to be quite high up the list when it comes to them choosing who they're going to uh, take their accommodation from and who they're going to lease it from and who who they're going to get to manage it. Um, these are all very, very important attributes which you should look to develop within your property development business 
within your property investment business. I know over time uh, it's made me a lot more successful focusing in these areas. And I think if you focus on uh, a few areas or, or, you know, ideally one area in the country, you're going to become the master of that area. You're going to have more connections. You're going to have more knowledge and you're going to end up being the most successful in that area. And I, I always think it's it's best to be sort of a big fish in a smaller pond rather than sort of a, a small fish in a, a big pond trying to spread yourself too thin, you know, across lots of different areas or, or lots of different disciplines or lots of different um, development zones. I hope that's been useful for you. Uh, if you've got any questions on how to invest in different areas or, or, or why you would try and focus your investment on one or two areas, send me an email. I'm on markhomer at progressiveproperty.co.uk. That's markhomer at progressiveproperty.co.uk. I hope you've got a lot from that podcast. That has been Mark Homer for Mark My Words.